When you need information, you go to an expert. Not just anybody, but someone who's been right on the money before. So when it comes to gaming, odds, and more, you've come to the right place. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. From Sin City. Vegas, baby, Vegas! It's Vegas Sportsbook Radio with Brian Blessing. And away we go with your Sportsbook Radio. We're hanging out at the Superbook at the Westgate on a Thursday. Sirius 204 of the Sports Grid Radio Network. My man Stevie's flying the ship for us. You wearing those, like, aviators? I mean, you got goggles? You got the fancy sunglasses on in there? Uh, no. Went without goggles. Just have the reading or, or glasses do wear, on. Or do you got the old, what do they call the, the old pilot's hat? You know, the old Amelia Earnhardt pet. I don't know. Just a, to me, it was just a leather cap. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, leather it... cap. Or pilot's cap. Yeah, I, I guess. No, I'm not. I'm not wearing any of those, Brian. <laughs> You're just basking in the glow that I'm about seven miles away. Well, that yeah, that's, I'm, I don't have a problem with that. There's no getting around that one. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're thrilled to be here. Uh, Football Central on Sundays here at the Westgate. What a place to watch the games. If you're coming here from out of town, absolutely, you want to come check it out in the theater. All the NFL games are on. It's just a, it's kind of a tradition in Vegas, and it is really a lot of fun. And we're here having a good time. The ponies are running. Keeneland's up and running. I mean, I see the fall meet at Keeneland. I know that the Breeders' Cup is coming for Saturday in November, it will be at Del Mar. I know, so we'll be hanging out, go over see our buddy Tony Neville over at Treasure Island. That uh, we've already made plans for that. That should be great fun. And then we've got, uh, you know, they're getting ready for football games and all kinds of stuff. And they are showing the PGA Tour event this week, the CJ Cup, second week in a row in Vegas. And I am sitting here. I got a old, big old smile on my face. Literally, as the crow flies, uh, the course they're playing, the Summit. Some of the holes are probably, seriously, a few thousand yards away from my house. I mean, it's that is a very ritzy neighborhood. Like, I, like I'm neighbors with these people, but I'm on the other side of the street where, like, normal people live. Uh, but it is a beautiful course. Had the good fortune to play it a couple of times, and it looks unbelievable on TV. And, and what we talked about, some of these guys are going low. The fairways are wide. So they're going to be able to score. And all the wind we had, now it's gorgeous weather all the way into the weekend. But there are rough uh, rough patches, and you can get in trouble if you're not close. It's unlike uh, the event last week over at TPC Summerlin. But Robert Streb, seven under par. Some of these guys are going low. Uh, but it's fun. Back-to-back weeks, PGA Tour event here in Vegas. Brian Blessing, welcoming aboard our good friend Andy Isco from The Logical Approach. Kind enough to swing by and join us. How you doing, man? I'm doing fine. I have a question for you as far as how far you live from the uh, course. Uh, could DeChambeau hit your uh, hit your window? Uh, a couple of bounces. Okay. No, I'm, a, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, like, no I'm, I'm about a quarter of a mile away. How about uh, if the wind were blowing in the right direction as hard as it was blowing the other night? Yes, Okay. Front windows in danger. <laughs> no, it's a beautiful place. It's a brand new joint. I mean, it's only three, two, three years, Marie. And um, I actually played it the week it opened, and have played it one time since. It's oh, it's just unbelievable. Now, it, it's it, so picturesque. You and unbelievable. said uh, Morikawa uses is that's like his home course, his practice course. Colin Morikawa is, is his home course. Is he in this tournament? He is, and surprisingly. 
Dustin Johnson was the favorite. More cows about 15 to 1. He wasn't the favorite. Did you play him? No. No, here he is right now. Morikawa is on number eight. He's at one under par. He, what we've heard, he shot a 62 there one day. You know, I mean, he he practices there. But, yeah, I mean, it matters to a degree. He'd be be worth a play because of all the players. He has certainly the most familiarity. He's the only only one with familiarity. And that's got to be an advantage. I think it is an advantage. Especially in changing wind conditions over the weekend, et cetera. It's not... It is a big deal to do that, uh, Andy, but current form is also a thing. Right? I mean, it was a big thing. This is where it, he gets his confidence, though. Well, what I would say to you, I did not play him at whatever he was, 14 to 1, I think. He's one under, the leader's at seven. I would, my overview master plan kind of would be I would, Friday. I would not play anybody that low on the way in. I took a flyer with a couple of guys in excess of 50 to 1. Sergio and Eric Van Royen was like mm-hmm. about 70 to 1. Took a couple of shots with guys like that, good wind players, because it had been windy during the week. But this would play out perfectly to play a guy like Morikawa. He's one under currently leaders at seven. So Morikawa, instead of being 14 to one, is going to be 22, 23 to one. So you wait, and if you're going to play him, you play him Friday night when he's four back, and maybe he has one big low round, and then he's back in it. But you, you fight for the overlaid price. You would think also. On Sunday, you would think that that's when they would have the toughest pin placements, and that's where his advantage may come into play. It may, and it's also going to be the nicest day. It has been really, really chilly. Uh, A little cold snap here in uh, Las Vegas for a few days. Sunday, though, 80 and sunny. Will you be out there? I will be golfing myself. On Sunday. And uh, the phone will be in the golf bag, and I'll tape this and go home. And Yeah, yeah, this is going to be one of those things. Come home, kids, all the NFL game, watch the stuff on tape. We love the sports. Well, that's right. Your your Bills don't play until uh, I I would never golf on an NFL Sunday, but the Bills are playing Monday, Monday. night. And I'll but I'll tape interesting. I'll, I'll, I'll tape the mixed channel and I'll come home and watch every game, every spot play Monday night for the Bills. Yes, we'll talk about it and uh, we'll talk about a lot of things. We got an NFL game tonight: Tampa Bay and the Eagles. Seven, Tampa Bay's favored. We're just off to the races. Glad to be with you, our buddy Chris Bavona, our producer. Stevie Slapshot's flying it for us. Brian Blessing, Andy Isco, we're hanging down at the Superbook. Jake Cornegay is going to swing by a little later on. We love coming down here on a Thursday. We invite you to come check it out. The app, all the great offerings they have on all sports. Their app is spectacular. And, of course, Football Central Sundays in the theater at the Westgate. Back to Vegas in a moment. We're off to the races. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. ...and information to give you the winning edge. I mean, we're not just doing this for our health. You're listening to the SportsGrid Radio Network. Vegas Sportsbook Radio Series 204 Sports Good Radio Network. Glad to be with you. AM 1400 KSHP in Las Vegas. If you're out and about on the roads in Vegas, swing by. Say hi. We're at the Superbook getting ready for the Thursday night NFL game and a very big weekend college football, the NFL. Oh, we got a certain big baseball game tonight, too. 
This is a boys' day, man. This is great fun tonight. We'll have the, uh, the high school football game we do on television here each and every week. Uh, tonight I'll be calling the game with Dana Lane and Alex White. We've got Valley at Rancho. That's at 7 o'clock. This is a boys' day, man. I mean, it starts early in the morning. Rocking and rolling. I just love it, man. What a crazy time you have. The days go fast. Andy Isco is here. Andy, we saw a lot of six and a half during the week, but it's locked on seven now. Tampa Bay at Philly tonight. Total on the game is 52 and a half. It's an interesting spot. I, Tampa Bay's offense looking really, really, really good. And specifically... When Antonio Brown's in there playing in the slot, it's almost not fair. If you've got Evans, Godwin, Brown in the slot, Brave at the tight end, even with Gronkowski out. But the guy that's been like an really, it's no little thing. How about the reemergence of Leonard Fournette? Like he's not sitting there getting 125 yards rushing, but he's catching a boatload of balls out of the backfield. Uh, he, he moves the sticks. He gets big first downs. Man, Fournette, he got his act together again, and he's been just the way they utilize him. They've got Bernard and Jones, I believe. But Fournette's the guy lugging the mail. He's really been impactful for them. Fournette is the kind of player that Bill Belichick would take a chance on, like rehab and all that. So it's not a surprise that he's working very well with Belichick's former quarterback, Tom Brady, and I wonder how much influence that has had. You know, we've seen the influence that Brady has had on uh, Antonio Brown as far as that goes. We know why now, seriously. I mean, Brady, Brown was with the Patriots. They They couldn't get him on the field. Brady wanted to be with this guy for a while. Yeah, so I think all that has to do, you know, with, and of course, Gronk uh, being with Brady. So Brady's, Brady's influence extends beyond just his quarterback play with Tampa. Now, as far as tonight's game goes, you can pretty much always make a case for Tampa Bay. So you have to take a look at the caliber and quality of the opponent, in this case, Philadelphia. And uh, going back to the preseason, the expectations were not all that high for Philadelphia. The uncertainty about Jalen Hurts at the quarterback, a lot of new offensive players, some defensive issues, etc. But I have to say, I've been very, been very impressed with the way this Philadelphia team has hung in there, has battled back. Uh, we saw them in a very competitive game against what's still a very good San Francisco team early in the season. Uh, we saw them go down to Atlanta in week one and crush the Falcons. Not that that's a huge achievement, but uh, considering the expectations uh, for them to go in there and win as easily as they did, I want to say it was like 32-6 to six and they were in control all the way. The way they came back last week against Carolina, I'm not so sure we're not going to see a, a good effort out of uh, the Eagles tonight didn't play the game. Not sure I will play the game, but if I were to play the game, I would have to take plus seven or better with Philadelphia. And I, I, I forget where I heard the stat or saw the stat that Jalen Hurts has had like five or six touchdown passes called back because of penalties. So his performance is actually better than what's reflected in the numbers. And I think he's become more comf- comfortable at the position, has assumed a leadership role on this team, which is very you know, surprising for effectively, well, not really a rookie, but effectively a second-year player, his first year as starter. I like what I'm seeing out of the Eagles. I, I'm not sure I would call for an outright upset tonight, but I wouldn't be all that surprised by a competitive game. But then again, we see Tampa Bay so often in ball games and then be able to extend late. So it's a tough game uh, for me, for my style of handicapping. I might take a look at Philadelphia in the first half. 
I got to tell you, Andy, I, I've been talking with you, but I mean, almost every day and you know, to our listeners, the prop market is unbelievable. I, it's a whole new way to play these games. It's the Super Bowl every Sunday times three. During for the Super Bowl, we have 350, 400 props. Every Sunday now, there are 700 props. And back to Fournette for just one second. I've done, I'm trying to think how many weeks. It's It's been numerous. I, I think in the neighborhood of four. But here, the last two weeks, I have played Leonard Fournette over 23 and a half receiving yards. All right. In the game against New England, uh, Fournette receiving. Oh, come on now. I had it. Fournette had three for 47. And last week he had, I believe, 49. And they keep hanging 23 and a half. And I'll keep playing it because Brady's throwing these swing passes to him three to five times a game. And one of them usually busts for 15 to 20 yards. So you just need one other short one. I'll keep riding it until until they hang a higher number or it stops winning. No, it makes sense. I see that the rushing yards for him this uh, this evening here at the uh, Superbook over under 69, uh, excuse me, 62 and a half. They don't have, uh, at least I haven't seen it here, uh, receiving yards. They have them for Mike Evans and Antonio uh, Antonio Brown, but not for uh, for Net. But you know, maybe the 62 and a half suggests that they may uh, do a little bit more running than uh, they anticipated. I'm going back. I'm just looking. I, I, I've done it like so many weeks in a row. The one that was a nail-biter was the game they lost to uh, the Rams, and he was over 24-and-a-half receiving yards, and he had 26 receiving yards. That was the one that happened to be, you know, the nail-biter of the bunch. The others, he's comfortably gone over. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to do it again tonight. But I, I think it just speaks to the new offerings and the markets that are out there. And we ain't spring chickens, Andy. It's just it's one of these things where – I I've found something brand new that's fallen in my lap. Your new toy. It it is a new toy. It's not like I'm not playing the games, but I'm going in inside the games. Well, by nature, let's say the way I handicap games. I bet you, I play totals, seventy percent of the time, and and because it's a funny shaped object and the backdoor cover and the goofy stuff. But over the course of 60 minutes, pace of play, I feel I always feel that's a safer bet or have a better read on that. And and the other aspect of it are the props inside the game that would also lend itself to totals. And the two just seem to correlate to me. It, it for me, it just kind of I see it come off the page the way I want to see it. So far, so good. Well, what you're saying makes sense, and it points to the old adage that. You know, the, the bookmaker has the advantage with the 11 to 10. The player has the advantage in being selective in, one, in what to play and when to get involved. Now, because of that and because of the explosion in technology and uh, other factors, you know, legalization, etc., we have more options today than we've ever had before. And I'm talking a lot about the props, whether it be team total, whether it be player totals, player performance, so that if you can specialize and focus in, you don't have to have a wager just on who's going to win and cover the game or whether it's going to go over. You can, what you're doing is you are excelling because you're spending your time researching and looking over aspects of the game that you can now wager on. You know, 10 years well, ago, you didn't have all these options. You had some, but not, not, not nearly as many well, as you have today. It gives you options, Andy. It's like a fail-safe mechanism. I mean, 
I wanted the Bills to win last week, but I'm looking, I'm staring at the Chiefs laying two and a half, and I just couldn't get, I couldn't go by that. But inside that game, win or lose, played Josh Allen over 32 and a half rushing yards. He had it at the end of the first drive and played Emmanuel Sanders' longest reception over 20 and a half. Had that early in the second quarter. My day was done before yeah, halftime. You can bet on your team even when you think they may not win or you're not certain because there are other aspects as we just talked about. And in many instances, the players that would go over props end up on the losing side because they're in chase mode. Yep. All right, good discussion, a lot of fun. Andy goes with us. It is Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Stevie's back in studio. We're at the Superbook at the Westgate. Barry Manilow, uh, Benny Hahn is all kinds of great stuff. The app is awesome. And Football Central each and every Sunday here at the Westgate. Hey, we're coming back to Vegas in a moment. To win, you need a plan. We're the home of sports. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Odds and more. This is the SportsGrid Radio Network. Hey, we're back with you. Biggest Sportsbook Radio. We're at the Superbook in the Westgate on a Thursday. Brian Blessing with Andy Isco. Stevie's back in studio. Stevie, and we'll have Vegas Hockey Outline here locally uh, at 1 Pacific time. Scott Farrell jumps on the network at that point. But the hockey's back up and running, Stevie. And I just wanted to say that they're not all lollipops and rainbows. Oh, I had a, a painful one last night. Pain, oh. Painful. What happened? Well, you know I've been banging the drum of Vancouver. Right. And they're playing at Edmonton. And they were down 2 nothing. came back tied. It could have won it three times in regulation. Could have won it four times in overtime. And had the puck on their stick in the shootout twice. If they score, they win. So, like, the seventh shooter, they lose. But I'm telling you, Mike Smith played great for the Oilers. But even though I had this painful, they were plus a dollar fifty-five. Ouch! It's I was real. I was I was a little torqued. But I got to tell you, I think I was right about Vancouver, buddy. <laughs> these guys are gonna be good. Ekman Larson looks real good there. Demko played great. Mike Smith stood on his head for the Oilers. But I I'm telling you, watch out for Vancouver because last year all that travel, everything that was against them last year is not this year. And I don't even believe Besser played in the game. But Miller and Horvat and Pedersen was all over the place. Hughes scored a goal. I, I, I'm, I'm just saying, man, I said it all summer. And at least what I saw, it's only one hockey game. But it confirmed my belief these guys are going to be dangerous. I agree, Brian. Uh, it's a nice mix of youth and, and veterans on that team. They've got two good goaltenders. Um, I think Pedersen is fully recovered from the injury. Um, and again, this is a weak division. I think Vancouver is going to rack up quite a few wins. A lot of lot of news in the NHL. Brian uh, Kachuk for Ottawa finally signs a seven-year deal worth eight million a year. And was it just under eight, or was it eight? It, no, it was just over eight. Just it, over eight. Yeah. Okay, fine. I, I'm I'm surprised it's, it was that high. Uh, oh no! I, you know what? Yeah. 
I think that's team friendly because he's by he by a country mile at the moment is their best player. No, I get that. I mean, if Darnell Nurse is making nine and a half, I'm telling you, Brady Kachuk is sitting there going, I want nine and a half. So that, that for Ottawa to get that done, and there were no bonuses in the deal. That's a that's honestly a pretty good deal for them. Yeah, I, I mean, they're trying to keep guys there. I, I, I it's like, not this go-to destination. I get it. I like Brady Chuck a lot. He just doesn't feel like an $8 million a year player in, to me. In, but. In a, but I will say, in a market like that, I mean, I'm not, not, I mean, it's just a smaller market. That's all. But I'm saying, you know, you're going to have to overpay at times. All right. I, 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 I was just surprised by the, by the, uh, by, by the price. Uh, Landeskog apparently boarded. Oh, that was nasty. Uh, Doc yeah, last night, and now he will meet with the NHL. They're going to have a hearing. He and he made, didn't. He didn't. I, it was a. I think he got a double minor. He didn't even get a major. All right. But well. if they showed that in super slow motion. I can't believe that Doc got up. Uh, uh, I, I can't believe he, I mean, it was like in super slow motion, it was a car accident. Okay. Well, he's going to have a hearing with the league, and he may miss some games now. We will see. Um, that, that, that's kind of it. I, I was just I was surprised by, uh, by, the, by the Kachuk number is all, not that, not that they got the deal done. And Andy Isco's here. We're down at the uh, Superbook at the Westgate. The NBA about to uh, tip off, Andy. And I'm just curious, in general terms, I think you can kind of apply – some of the same overview philosophy in different sports, like on ice tonight. Uh, let me see. Double check real quick. I know Montreal played Toronto and lost. They're at Buffalo tonight. Uh, who else was there? There were several. Uh, Toronto is playing in Ottawa tonight. And Pittsburgh already played the other day. Was there another back-to-back nights? Um just the two. But back-to-back nights, and you're like, you always, you know, you, you do the double take. Okay, back-to-back nights, you played a hard game the night before. Well, early in the season, it's nothing. I mean... There's it's, also a differentiation between is the back-to-back game both at home or do you travel for one of the two? Especially, yeah, especially if you're travel. home in the first. They'll always travel. So like Toronto-Ottawa wouldn't matter. Well, Toronto-Ottawa, it's like a... You know, it's an hour. It's not. It's a nothing burger. But they're on the. But I guess the 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 point is, and I think maybe early in the season in the NBA, you could kind of say the same things. Now, uh, both Toronto and Montreal will be using different goalies. Morazic goes tonight, and Montembal goes for Montreal. Montreal only has six defensemen. But to me, I look at the, those two teams and say, so there's a having a game last night out of the gate. Could actually be an advantage. Absolutely, because, because you're at game speed. You're passing. You're familiar. Chris passing. The other team's coming out of the gate, and they're just getting started. I mean, it's just not a black and white. Thing. Well, you you don't have it in the NFL, but the 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 uh, comparison is that, you know, your first regular season game is totally different than the preseason games you played as far as energy, as far as physicality, physicality especially, and that's where it does come into play probably more in the NHL than in the NBA, which is uh, still, uh, you know, it's a five-player sport based upon a lot of the talent, talent advantage that you have. But the physicality in hockey, I think, if you're not prepared to be taking a hit on, in regular season speed as you are in preseason speed, that's probably a disadvantage for that team. So, yes, I would think that the teams that played last night and are playing teams that haven't played yet um, have an advantage. 
And I got sucked in with the rest of the free world. Rangers a lot or to, Chicago? A lot to do about nothing. All right. Ryan Reeves with the Rangers. They get him, uh, you know, to go against Tom Wilson with the Caps, who took liberties with some of the Rangers star players last year. And, Stevie, you know, we talked about it for a couple of weeks leading up to this. You're like, well, you know, you, there's two ways you could go with this. A, you put them both out there at the opening faceoff, and they go at it, and that's the end of it. Or, you know, let it play out. And what happened, Washington is at home. So so here's here's the deal when you're dealing with stuff like this. Washington's at home. They've got the last change. The Rangers did not put Reeves out there to start the game, so the Caps put their first line out to start the game. And then it was just a hockey game. And they basically never ran into each other. And you get it from the Caps' perspective that Tom Wilson, you know, is a first-line player, and Ryan Reeves is not. And, you know, at some point – but the other thing is that Wilson is out there, just Reeves' presence alone – means he's not going to be a complete nut bar out there because he does know at this time if he does something stupid, he's going to, you know, he's going to pay the piper. You but, would but nothing think. happened. Nothing happened last night. The Cavs said, no, we're going to win the game. We don't care he's over there. And they they had the last change and never put Wilson out there with him. And he, he forced the Rangers' hand to get him out there chasing him around. It never happened. Well, I'm a little surprised because I, I thought Gallant would put Reeves out there and then, you know, and then see what happens. They brought him in for a reason, Brian, and and why not just get it over with right now? Well, it's, it's, we know it's going to happen at some point. Yeah, but the but, and then like I said, I got sucked in too. The reason wasn't to sign Ryan Reeves and give him a two-year contract for him to beat up Tom Wilson on opening night. That's that's not why they got him. They got him to have him there every time they play, if they play in the playoffs, that he's a deterrent. So it wasn't just to get him to get even. It, it, it's a much bigger, broader picture than that. But we're all sitting there going, oh, Reeves and Wilson tonight. And Washington's like, no, we don't care. No, I get it. He, he was brought in to protect, to protect Panarin at all uh, there on the Rangers, and, and, and he'll do that. Um, but, but also in that game, uh, Ovechkin, he, he's feeling fine. He was a game-time decision going in there. And scores two goals, and I believe he passed Marcel Dion with those two goals last night. You know, Vegas fans will remember this watching that game last night. We'll get back to the football here, and then we get the big baseball game. But it's cool to have a brand-new sport underway, and the wagering opportunities are absolutely plentiful. But Vegas fans will remember this. They won't appreciate it, but they'll remember this. You can watch Washington right out of the gate. The cross-crease passes, Stevie. They, when they are down low... On the power play, the cross-crease passes, get the goalie moving. And, you know, Ovechkin gets a couple more. And the other one, it didn't end up hideous, but I was being a, you know, as can sometimes be in my nature, I was being a bit of a punk on Twitter, and it was about seven minutes to go in the first period. And I said, Marc-Andre Fleury's rethinking things. He's going to retire after the first period. My God. I'm, you know, the uh, the Blackhawks didn't get the memo when the game started. It was 3 nothing in the blink of an eye. If it wasn't for Fleury, it could have been 6 nothing. 
to their credit, they kind of calmed down and actually came back and made a game of it. 4-2 was the final. But Flurry was under siege. Uh, bad game for them. I'm, I am impressed with this Blackhawk team. They will get it together. Bad night last night. Yeah. Um, well, no, what I love is they fought back. Correct. You want to see that. By the way, Seattle's a team that fights back, too. Watch out for the Kraken this year. They're, they're going to do something, Brian. I, I, I feel it. They do not quit in games. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a timeout. Coming back, we're going to see what Andy thinks. Dodgers, Giants, a little change of pitcher we got to talk about. We've got the Thursday night NFL game, college football, all kinds of good stuff on the docket on Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Don't forget our friends at John Smith Subs, 9701 West Flamingo. It's a Thursday. We're any football gear in there, 20% off your order. They'll feed you for the Thursday night game. And over to Oasis, 4955 South Decatur, the Monday Night Maniacs. They have the great Monday Night Football Party there and the great gaming promotions. Back to the Superbook in Vegas in a moment. Winning Edge benefit number 20. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. is the Sports Grid Radio Network. All right, we're back with the Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Brian Blessing down at the Superbook at the Westgate. Stevie Slapshot's back in the KSHP studios. And we're glad to be with you, Series 204 of the Sports Grid Radio Network. Our pal Andy Isco, the logical approach, is here. And Andy, we got a little baseball action tonight. A lot of baseball action, all packed into one game. Yeah, amen to that. Giants about 15-cent favorites, but we, it's Logan Webb. Dodgers, Urias was going to be the guy. They're listing Corey Knebel now. Yeah, I think that he's probably just going to go an inning or two to get, uh, get through the heart of the... Uh, Giants order, but uh, you mentioned Logan Webb, uh, including the playoffs. His brilliant uh, ten strikeout performance, uh, I think in the uh, yep. uh, the uh, I think it was the opener of the uh, of the series. And he's carved these guys he's back now, to back games. Now, yeah, he he's now thir- His the Giants are thirteen and zero when Logan Webb has started at home this year, and that's of course where tonight's game will be. And he's been extremely effective. He missed a period of time between April twenty fifth. And uh, July 9th, he made only one start in the middle of May uh, with some injury issues. But since then, he's been spectacular. Only in the season finale against San Diego did he allow uh, more than uh, uh, more than two runs. He allowed four in that game. He went seven innings, I guess, as a tune-up on the third final day of the season. So uh, in looking at this game, he's he's been able to pitch, in fact, including his uh, his start, uh, he's had only, let's see, one out of his last, I think, like six or seven. In fact, one since the end of July, I think only one start where he's failed to go more than five innings. So he's pitched either six or seven innings. So maybe you look at San Francisco in the first five. Maybe you look under in the first five. Uh, from what I hear, I think Stevie said earlier uh, during one of the breaks that Urias is going to come in after uh, Knebel, which suggests he may come in uh, when the uh, Giants uh, are... Uh, down towards the lower part of the order. Maybe he'll start an inning. Maybe he'll come in in the middle of an inning once they get past, say, hitters one through five. 
what do you make of the total? Seven under 20. We've seen that before in this series uh, and just hasn't threatened it. And, but Webb can hit a little bit, too. That's the that's the feather in their cap. You, know, you can keep a rally going at the bottom of the order with him. You know, it's a, it's a game that you, know, you, you can't worry about who you're going to start in game one of the championship series because you got to get there first. So I think we're going to see this as a lot of these decisive games are. Uh, especially when both teams are facing elimination, as is the case tonight with the series tied 2-2. You're going to see, I think, a lot of deliberate play. It'll probably be a very slow game. And I think that if a pitcher gets in trouble, maybe two on and nobody out, whoever, whoever side it is, they might just pull him or do something. They don't want to take any chances. They don't want to allow a big inning. Uh, now, you're always uh, on guard against the three-run homer, but... I think this game does shape up as an under. I think it'll be played that way. So maybe you look, uh, I said San Francisco in the first five because of Webb. Maybe you look under in the first five and under for the game. Seven is not an unreasonable number. Uh, San Francisco's bullpen has been solid all year. Dodgers' bullpen has been uh, very solid over the last uh, you know, three, four weeks of, uh, of the season. So I think both managers will use all that they need to do to get out of this series. And, you know, look, you're talking about – see, the, sh the shameful thing is that this should not be a divisional series. This should be the championship series. You have a 106-win team and 107-win team, and one of them is guaranteed not to be able to play for the right to go to the World Series. It's a shame. Baseball needs to do something about that. Having said that, 106, 107-win teams – didn't get there by accident, so uh, I think uh, we should see some very high-level baseball tonight, and often that does mean pitching and defense overrule offense. So it's uh, high as 69 today in San Francisco, so it'll be, what, 34 tonight? <laughs> not, not quite that low, but... Uh, Stevie, you know all about that. What, what will the winds be like? You know, where they are now in the new ballpark on, on, the, on the other side of, of the bay, they're not on the ocean side, they're, they're on the bay side, it, it's, it doesn't get that windy, and it doesn't get as cold as Candlestick used to. So, so it's, it's not, weather is not the factor that it used to be with the Giants. Candlestick was unbelievable. Oh, I hated Candlestick. I still remember seeing that picture from, oh, I think it was like a 1962 All-Star game. I think it was Stu Miller on the yeah. mound. And that cap flies off in the middle of his pitch. He got blew off the mound. Uh, himself he, did, yeah. Yeah. 1980, yeah. I'm a baby. I just start working on the TV side of things in Buffalo, just out of college. The Bills were horrible for ever and a day. Hello, Rosemary. Rosemary rolls out the red carpet for us here at the Westgate. The boss. She is the boss. Chuck Knox gets the team, turns it all around. He brings in Conrad Dober, Dobler, Phil Villapiano, Isaiah Robertson, okay, Joe Cribb's rookie year. And the Bills go, the last game of the year is at Candlestick. Joe Montana's rookie year. Driving rainstorm monsoon, I'm on the sidelines. I mean, I threw my shoes away when it was over. <laughs> I'm mean, ankle deep in mud. And the last, you know, at the end of the game, um, the Bills survived four Montana passes into the end zone. And we know what he and they turned into. But the, the Bills won the division. and But at Candlestick, it was like, it was just awful. There were not it was too terrible. Many, there were not too many people to leave that place in the past. Yeah, no, nobody was, was losing sleep over it. No doubt about that. All right. So how about the college wars, Andy? A team, a two or three, 
you've been riding a little bit, or you're look, you've been looking to fade? Well, a, a team that I've been riding, and I don't think I'll do it this week because the line has, understandably so, been very high, is uh, UT San Antonio, UTSA. They've been a moneymaker uh, this season. I think they're laying about 19 at Rice. Uh, Rice is not very good at UTSA. Maybe the best team in the conference. They went in and, as a small underdog, upset uh, Western Kentucky last week. I think Western Kentucky had an opportunity late, but uh, couldn't get into the end zone in a game that uh, UTSA won 52 to 46. So that's a team. I've been doing well for the most part on and against Texas. I did have them last week against Oklahoma, but I also backed it up with a play on the over in that game. So I split out as Texas could not hold uh, that uh, that late lead. Uh, not too much in the way of, of teams that I've gone against this year. Uh, that's more on a week-to-week situation. When you go on a team, uh, it's because you're seeing something in the form that the lines maker isn't. It's a lot more difficult when you're going against a team because when you're going against a team, you're going against a team that has had some good efforts during the season, uh, whether it be related to the competition or not. But it seems, for me at least, uh, teams that I bet against usually on a one-game scenario. There are sometimes we'll be look-ahead games, but in such situations, I will be looking, to, when I'm looking to go against a team, I'm also looking for a reason to play on a team as opposed to when I'm playing on a team. Sometimes I'm playing on, like last week, I had Iowa against uh, Penn State, and it wasn't that I was against Penn State. It was that I was on Iowa because those were two very good teams, and you know clearly it was a game that Penn State could or perhaps should have won, but Iowa is a team that has shown a lot of resiliency and they've played extremely well this year. So that's a team uh, that I would play on and not, you know, not, not, uh, not against the other team, as opposed to games where I'm playing against a team, uh, where I also want to be uh, on the team that uh, that they're playing because you never know what you're going to get out of a bad team. You, they say they always say, you know, don't ask a bad team to do something good, which goes along with the with the theorem that uh, when two bad when two good teams meet, one good team has to lose. When two bad teams meet, one bad team has to win. We got two games tonight. Sitting on three, South Alabama at home favored three over Georgia Southern, 49 and a half. Navy's at Memphis. Memphis is 11, Andy. The total's 56. Boy, Memphis, a three-game losing streak in every one of them. They were right there. Yeah, which could give a, a reason to support Navy. Interestingly, Navy is known for uh, their running attack, but they're uh, against uh, uh, F. FBS teams this year, the old Division 1A teams, they're only averaging about 150 yards on the ground, which is exactly what uh, Memphis is averaging. So the advantage that Navy usually has had in the past, they haven't had this year. Uh, they got drilled uh, early in the season by Air Force, uh, an, an Air Force team that really hasn't been tested yet, but they've made adjustments and they've improved. They uh, they pulled an upset a few weeks ago. They played uh, SMU tough last week. Uh, but I, I don't. Uh, I was I was against Memphis when I had Tulsa. I think it was two weeks ago uh, when uh, uh, Tulsa was laying a small point, and Tulsa had been, you know, tested by some decent competition. So uh, my my normal tendency would be to take the points with Navy, but I'm not so sure that if they fall behind, even though they're passing a little bit more this year, that they're capable of beating a Memphis. At the same time, I feel uncomfortable laying double digits with Memphis right now. And Clemson's going to play Syracuse, Andy. Um, what do we do with the Tigers? I mean, it's the offense is unbelievable. Okay, we get the first game, Georgia 10-3. Um, again, Georgia didn't score an offensive touchdown in that game either. Big deal. You put 49 up on South Carolina State. 
14 they put up on Georgia Tech, mm -hmm. 21 on NC State, and 19-13 they win a game against BC. And now they, they are coming off a week off. Whether that'll help the offense, I'm not sure. They're laying 13 and a half, and the total on the game, let's call the consensus 44 and a half. But man, it's just they cannot get this offense going. Well, Syracuse has played well, but this will be the best defense that they will have faced. I mean, the, the Clemson, for all its issues on offense, is still an elite defense, and they've played extremely well on, on that side of the ball all season. So if the total's 44, 44 and a half, my first look is under because I. Uh, I can't see Syracuse contributing much to the total, and Clemson hasn't shown that they can put 30 points on the board, which is what they might need to do uh, for this game to go over. If, uh, let's say, Syracuse has even managed to get, like, say, 14, if, you know, 31-14 Clemson, you know, sends the game over by half a point. On the other hand, if it's... Uh, you know, even if it's 34 to six or 34 to, uh, well, 34 to 10 would barely stay under. But I could see that. I, I don't, not knowing how things were during this week of practice because they've had other times to adjust and they haven't been able to success to successfully Syracuse playing with a lot of confidence right now uh, they, had, they took Wake Forest into uh, what was it overtime last week and they've had other uh, they were competitive against Florida State the week before and, um, so uh, my first look in this game would be under the total because I can't trust Clemson to go on uh, you know, an offensive uh, display that would have them you know, scoring in the 28 to 34 point range, which is what they might need to do in order to uh, cover. How about San Diego State laying nine and a half on the road at San Jose State? Nice to be, you know, in the discussion, but now, man, you're, you're, everybody's got you circled now. They're coming at you when you're a ranked team. Yeah, San Diego State, historically uh, the better program of the two. San Jose has had its moments, including last year when they uh, had that perfect season until, uh, uh, until the, I think it was the bowl game. Uh, and, and that included a win over San Diego State. Uh, uh, the number seems reasonable enough because I still think San Diego State is a solid defensive team, and San Jose clearly down from last year. Not sure if I'm going to play the game because I haven't yet, but uh, I would still prefer to lay the points with a known quantity that is at or, or better than the San Diego State of recent years, even throwing out last year's results. Hour number two, we'll look at some of the big games, monster menu of college football on Saturday. And we'll go through the NFL menu. It's good fun. Don't forget, we have our weekend shows, college football, NFL editions of Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Mark Lawrence hooks us up on the college and NFL side. Stevie, slap shot, my man. We're going to take you through the NFL schedule. Got a good show lined up for you for the weekend right here on Sirius 204 all along the Sports Grid Radio Network. It's a great time of year, and it's a great place to be. The Superbook at the Westgate. Football Central each and every Sunday in the theater. No better place to watch all the NFL games than in the theater at the Westgate. It's your lucky. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Patient wife. Happy wife, happy life, dude. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. Back with you, Vegas Sports.
Sportsbook Radio. We're hanging down at the Superbook at the Westgate. We're thrilled to be with you. Series 204 Sports Grid Radio Network. KSHB here in Las Vegas. Brian Blessing with Andy Isco. Jake Cornegay is going to swing by later. Stevie's back in studio. A little baseball news. I guess a 17-game winning streak doesn't uh, count for much. <laughs> no. Mike Schilt out as Cardinals manager. Yeah, I'm surprised to hear that, Brian. Yeah, very, very surprising considering one of the star players, Nolan Arenado, really struggled for much of the year, as did uh, Goldschmidt. They didn't really have an outstanding rotation. Flaherty, who was considered to be their ace, uh, spent much of the year injured and unavailable. Adam Wainwright, to their credit, uh, had an outstanding year. Uh, he's, what, 40 years old? I think he signed for one more one more season, along with the Adia uh, Molina, Hall of, soon-to-be Hall of Fame catcher. Uh, but there were some decisions, I guess, that Schilt made maybe in the playoffs that, uh, you know, in the wild card game that cost him. But a 17-game winning streak has to count for uh, uh, for something. So, you know, may, he he may end up catching on somewhere. I don't know how many openings there will be this offseason, but certainly what he was able to get them to do when it mattered most in the month of September should count for something. And a little football note, and we'll take a very short break, come back to Vegas. The Arizona Cardinals, three Positive COVID-19 test this week. Among them, Chandler Jones. It says they're one positive test away to going to intensive protocols. What that entails. Well, I think one thing we have to find out is how many of those, if they'll find out when they retest, were they false positives. Chandler right. Jones we knew about earlier in the week. Right. And you know, he can test negative a couple times and still be I part think, of yeah, this. Oh, I, hey, I think they said two negative tests within 24 hours, and you're cleared. We just had the Seattle hockey team coming to Vegas, and they had five guys on the list. The morning of, four guys tested negative, hopped on a private plane, flew in and played in the game. So we constantly have to be updating who's going to be in and who's going to be out. Hey, we're in the Superbook at the Westgate, and we're having a good time. We're taking a timeout. We're coming back. Another hour of Vegas Sportsbook Radio is still to come. We invite you to keep it here at KSHB, Sirius 204, and the Sports Grid Radio Network.